It is a privilege to be here with you. It really is. I'm grateful. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. In AA, we talk about it, about what it was, what happened, what it was, uh, what it was like, and then what it's happened now. Am I too far away? Okay. She's going to point out when I do this too much. Yeah. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ who struggled with an addiction to alcohol. I struggled with lust in the form of pornography, sloth in the form of procrastination, and pride, which produces a lot of fear in my life. My name is Paige. I grew up in an alcoholic and dysfunctional family. I'm the oldest of five children. I have two brothers and two sisters. My father was an alcoholic and we moved a lot. I attended multiple schools in the second, third, and fifth grades. My parents were divorced when I was 10. I began attending church and when I was 11, I was baptized. Within two or three weeks, I was back thinking and acting the way I did before, so I thought it didn't work. When I was 13, I was baptized again, which only lasted two or three days before I was thinking and acting the way I had before. I thought there was something wrong with me, and from that time on, I was very distrustful of religious ideas and people. My mother married my stepfather when I was 16. He had been a coach and a teacher. He introduced me to the idea that I could try different things in order to be successful. He was also an alcoholic who could be violent and destructive when drinking. Therefore, I formed an opinion about my father and stepfather by the time I left home before my senior year. They were gutless drunks who could not handle booze. Anybody who knew me believed I was not that way and would not be that way. That attitude gave me permission to drink in spite of my being aware of the problems they experienced, resulting in me ending up in the same place they had, Alcoholics Anonymous. My senior year, I met a girl from a financially secure family. I believe I had a severe case of the wrong side of the tracks mentality so that the fact that she came from a different social and economic class meant that I was changed for the better. Now I know that no matter where I go, there I am <laughs> until I experience a change of heart. We started college together and were married our sophomore year. Our daughter was born 10 months later. I graduated two and a half years later, and almost two years after that, our son was born. Drinking was not anything we could afford, so it was very limited while we were in college. In business, drinking is part of the process of entertaining clients, developing relationships. Drinking is what you did at happy hour, before dinner, at lunch, at parties, and on the weekend. 
in order to appear successful. Eventually, it became my primary reason to do anything. It was my image of success, that's why I did it, along with the fact that I was addicted to alcohol. This was part of the first principle in CR. I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing, and my life is unmanageable. I drank for 14 years, and every day, the last five of those years. My life was a disaster spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, and financially. It was not working. My stepdad, who had been sober about five years at the time, asked me if I wanted to talk after a serious crisis where I had borrowed all the money I could was financially destroyed, had gotten two DUIs within six months. When I said yes, he took me some people who were sober and who practiced the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. After trying to impress them with my brilliance and wisdom for over an hour, <laughs> one of them said, if you're so smart, how come you're here? After a seemingly long period of time while my chin was falling to my chest like that, <laughs> um, I told them that uh, I don't know how to not drink. To me, not drinking meant to get up in the morning and know that it was not going to get any better, to know that celebrating was out, that relaxing was out, that drowning my fears were out, and that plying on others' concerns and fears was out. Everything I had learned and knew was out. They gently replied, Paige, we just do this one day at a time. My first profound spiritual truth. Over the next four years, I began dealing with the wreckage of the past. Those included a sheriff's auction of our family homestead on the courthouse steps of Creek County, bankruptcy, the initial recognition of the state of our marriage, uh, attempts at making corrections through talking with others, including group and individual therapy. We were divorced in 1988 after 26 years of marriage. And I learned to live alone for a period of time. I attended a lot of meetings, prayed, and sought the counsel of others. Then God let me meet Donna. One of my sponsors had given me a tape of Charles Stanley's sermon on having a servant spirit. It described how Abraham had sent his head servant into another country to pick a wife for his son Isaac. Abraham outlined the characteristics and attributes that she was to demonstrate and that his servant was to observe those in her.
after I met Donna at my son's second AA birthday, six weeks later I went to a conference and observed her. Some of her friends said I was stalking her. <laughs> she had those same qualities that Abraham asked for in Rebecca. We spoke once or twice during a 10 hour period, but that was all. I did not approach her. About a month later, I went to see my aunt in Arkansas who was dying. And I spent the night with my uncle and awoke the next morning determined to make a decision about pursuing Donna. I reasoned that I was a big city boy and that she was a farmer's daughter and that there were so many differences I would have to say no. At the time, I was standing on my uncle's back porch when a voice louder than mine said, where are you? It was so loud that I turned around and I replied, this is my uncle's house. And the voice said, whose house was it? I said, oh, this was my great grandfather's house. And the voice said, what was it? And I said, a farm. And the voice said, when did you leave here? And I said, when I was 16. That was a powerful moment and event in my life, and I believe the Holy Spirit was there guiding me. God let me meet and marry Donna, my wife and life partner, in 1991. We were very active in AA and Al-Anon for several years. In 2000, Donna's middle son, was Travis, was killed in an accident. The church where the family gathered and where Travis was raised was very supportive. Later, Donna said that she missed having a church family. Since I'd never had one, I didn't understand. I thought AA and Al-Anon were enough. Don said, Donna said it wasn't the same. So I told her to pick a church and we would go. She did and another journey began in our lives. I am a believer in Jesus Christ who is continually learning the truth from Scripture. I'm continually amazed and reassured by these truths. I've been blessed by and have learned from the shepherds I've met, sometimes called pastors. One of our pastors had asked me if I could help him bring the Celebrate Recovery Ministry to our church in Oatmogee. At that time, since that time, I have been awakened and renewed in my willingness to serve and grow in the image of Jesus Christ, my Savior. I now realize why I'd spent 25 years experiencing the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. I am blessed by finding the Christ-centered 12 steps and celebrate recovery are the based on scripture. To me, these truths I have learned and experienced are magnified and illuminated my life because they are from scriptures. To know these truths were written down for me over 2,000 years ago was overwhelming. I remembered part of the second principle of CR, 
my God loves me and I matter to him. I've completed 10 step studies. Part of the process is to restore my relationships, first with God, then with others. Principle six of CR says, evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and make amends for the harm I've done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. In my step study inventories, I found that one of the amends I needed to make was with my paternal grandmother. I had treated her indifferently and never really cared about her. As a result of the step study, I knew I had not really loved her and I believe she knew it. That is not what God intended for me, but that is what I did. Part of my amen reads, in the future, by God's grace, I am to demonstrate by my words and my actions that I love my grandmother. This has changed the way I think about her and the message I give the world about her. My words will be about the new way God has allowed me to see her. Next was my amends to my father. For 60 years, I had judged him harshly. I felt and acted superior to him and treated him as if I was superior. Condemnation. You can't use it without getting it on you. <laughs> In my amends, I saw that he had loved me at the level he could, not at the level I demanded from him. I've been able to see that he loved me and was proud I, I was his son. The negative relationship was my doing, not his. I've been able to witness to others in my family about my change of heart. Today, I can tell you that I love my father and there's no longer any condemnation in my heart. Exodus 20:12 says, "Honor your mother and father so that you will live long in the land the Lord has given you." I want you to know that I have that my father died in 1995 and my grandmother in 1976. My amends were written. So I know they work. The amends have changed me. I now see how I could have been different in each of those relationships. 11 years ago, I wrote a letter making amends to my first wife. It involved my using her and her family as my solution to change my wrong side of the tracks mentality. The primary fact that has impacted my life is a feeling of not being good enough. Remember condemnation? <laughs> In my letter, I also included my lack of maturity and failure to provide spiritual leadership in our family. In addition, my preoccupation with material things and the resulting debt I created, I asked if she could forgive me. 
the next Christmas, my son and his family stayed with us most of the week for the first time. Apparently, his mother was not threatened by spending him spending time with us. Don and I raised my daughter's son for six years while she was struggling with her addiction and compulsions. Eight years ago, she resumed raising him. She told Donna that she would not withhold Kevin from CR Church. Donna replied, you should come too. She was very active on the barbecue team, completed a step study, smiles a lot, laughs easily, and works with others. God has changed her heart. I believe God uses my sins to convict me and to grow me. When I came into AA, I was completely defeated by my alcoholism. I have not had to revert back to that addiction. God removed it from my life. Amen. Amen. I now have 39 years free from alcohol addiction. When I was struggling with nicotine addiction, I again used the 12 steps. I did not have to go back to that addiction. I have 34 years free from nicotine addiction. And I'm probably alive today because of that one. And maybe the other one. Sometimes I believe I've been less than understanding, condemning, with those who struggle, but God has shown me to extend the same courtesy to others that he has shown me. With my sin of lust, the basis for my addiction to porn, I failed thousands of times. I had reached a complete point of hopelessness. God humbled me, and when I admitted my weakness, humility is a desirable quality, one that God can use when it exists in me. Each time God has put people in my life to work with during these periods, I believe I'm much more effective when I'm humble and I do less harm to others. Principle five and step six says, voluntarily submit every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. I realize through the step study, my character defects are pride, lust, and sloth. God is helping me overcome these defects and grow me into his likeness. A couple of scriptures that apply very much to me is James 5.16, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And one that came up probably within the last eight months is 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the Lord of, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us 
in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Does that sound like a 12th step? <laughs> I'd like to let you know I've experienced a change of heart in the past one to two years. I believe it began after I stopped condemning my father. Then later I became to be grateful for the way I was raised and the people in my family. God has completely changed my heart. I think he had a plan to grow me up. I am blessed. I am blessed. This upcoming January, and it's amazed me, I will have completed 40 years in recovery. And I'm... And I am amazed at what God has done for me. If you're here for the first time and you are one of us who are aware or suspect that some of these issues or problems in your life are not in keeping with what God would have you do, then I encourage you to become involved in a step study and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in making the changes that will heal you and change your heart. I'd like to close with this scripture from Psalm 32, verses three through five. There was a time when I wouldn't admit what a sinner I was, but my dishonesty made me miserable and filled my days with frustration. All day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water on a sunny day until I finally admitted all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will confess them to the Lord. And you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. Thanks for letting me share.